Yo, Eagles Nation, stand up. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? <laughs> Looking like another grease pole night in Philly. 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 Facts. Something I never thought I would say, other than the fact that I also like to wear hoodies, is that I have something in common with Bill Belichick, and so does the rest of the fan base. But first, welcome to episode 21 of the Grease Paul Podcast. As always, you can follow along on Instagram at Grease Paul Podcast. Every episode available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Subscribe, rate, and review. We're heavy on the mouth noises here early. That's a good sign of what's to come. Uh, subscribe, rate, and review. If you think it's five stars, give it five stars. If you think it's one star, give it one star. Just, just give it something. Uh, appreciate that. Thanks for being a part of episode 21, and uh, hopefully you're still with us after yesterday. The birds are uh, 0-2, yay. Um, before we get into that, I just want to get on a, a side rant um, about the uh, the wonderful company, and I mean that facetiously, that is DirecTV. Um, they can suck a dick. They started my uh, Sunday off really, really well. So uh, I'm, the only reason this company is still in business at this point is because they have the Sunday ticket and they have the exclusive rights to it. Now, there are other, you know, other weird ways in which you can go about um, watching your team on Sundays. But, you know, look, if you don't want to risk it, any any weird, like, you know, laws, DirecTV is the way to go. And you pay out the ass for the rights every every year. Now, there is nothing better than being able to watch your team through the comforts of your own home. Bottom line, even though you know you're getting gouged, you're going to do it. So yesterday morning comes, 1 o'clock rolls around, about 1230-ish, go to cut on the channel that the Birds and Rams game is on, and there is no feed. It's, okay, click to buy $70. And it's like, yo, what the fuck? You know, we've been subscribing to this thing for several years. Why has it not been renewed? What the hell? So... Wife and I have to jump through hoops because she also knows through being with me for six years what happens if your boy can't watch the birds on Sunday or Thursday or Monday or whatever the hell day of the week it is. So get that figured out. Literally, I'm on hold with DirecTV. The wife's on the computer getting everything figured out. I'm out front on hold having a cigarette because obviously – and uh, waiting to give somebody the what for in an earful. And uh, you had the windows open because it was a lovely drifty day here in the 757 yesterday. And the kid pokes his head up to the screen and goes, Dad, it's working. I'm like, okay, awesome. So everything's working literally about uh, it, under a minute before kickoff. Couldn't have worked out any better. So awesome. But that said, uh, DirecTV, if anybody happens to hear this that is employed there, Fuck your employer. Your company sucks. 
uh, the only reason why you guys are still in business is because you have a monopoly with the NFL. But eventually that's going to run out, I believe, at the end of 2021. And you better figure something out because your product sucks. So there's that. Um, I don't know. I don't know what that accomplishes. I just I took notes as usual during the game, and the very first thing I put down was DirecTV issues, so I just felt the need to touch on that. Um, I'm not looking at this. I'm not going to go through everything in my notes because what the hell's the point um, after that game yesterday? First observation, Jesus Christ, those Rams unis are ugly as fuck. I don't know at what point the Rams became bones bone color unis like anytime you have to put a patch on your on your jersey that identifies who you are you have a problem i have no idea what the hell's going on there what kind of drugs the people were on that approved that shit you went from having mount rushmore nfl gear possibly the best i've always loved those eric dickerson's the ones they wore in the super bowl a few years ago it's top-notch gear it's definitely in the mount rushmore for me was in the Mount Rushmore of current NFL gear, and you've gone from having arguably the best to now unequivocally the worst. It is so bad. I'll take Justin and I were talking before before I came on. It is What is worse, Justin, the bone-colored Rams or the – the FUBU, the FUBU Gradient Alternate Falcons. Oh, hands down the Rams stuff. So bad, right? We just spent 10 minutes like just dismantling <laughs> they are the Rams uniforms. So ass. They're the so bad. It it I don't know that there's anything worse in sports right now than those. I mean, current gear wise. No. No. There can't be, dude. I mean, there's there's some bad stuff and some some teams that have made some leaps to not great gear. But Right. No one has gone from greatness to just absolute utter trash like the Rams. <laughs> this is the reason why abortion should not be illegal because those, Get you know, shit out of here. They are so bad, dude. They are so bad. Listen to Gear Freaks, by the way, kids. Every Tuesday, new episodes are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you podcast, and give Gear Freaks, Justin and I, a follow on IG and Twitter at Gear Freaks Pod. Um, Miles Sanders got going early, which was nice to see. That was followed up by a fumble on the third play of the game that was recovered by the Rams. Um, just, I, why did I, why did I write all these notes? Who gives a shit? Um, real fun to work through that live. I look in a nutshell, final yesterday, 37, 19 Rams over the birds. Uh, Carson Wentz got booed by an empty stadium. That was a thing that happened. Uh, nobody was there at the link, and he got booed vehemently because fucking why not? And, you know, he comes out yesterday. The sky is not falling. It, it, at what point, like, okay, is it is it falling yet, though, if we lose to Cincinnati next week, you know? And, okay, it's not, but we're close, man. We're close. Like this is this is Philly. This is not. You're not playing for the Titans. You're not playing for the Detroit Lions. You're not playing for one of these fan bases that just doesn't give a shit about his team. Now look, we'll ride with you, win or lose. At least the diehards will. But when you suck, we're gonna let you know. That's what we're here for. We will ride with you as loud as any fan base, win or lose. But when you stink up the joint. You're going to know about it. That's that's part of being in a media market like Philly, bottom line. And you got to have a thick skin, man. And when you're a kid from North North Dakota, I mean, I 
I would like to think that Carson does. He's dealt and navigated a lot of bullshit in his career with the Nick Foles stuff, and he's got to walk by a statue of a backup quarterback every every day coming to work. I mean, look, man, I sat up here last week and defended the fuck out of this guy because he got sacked eight times. And it's like, okay, if if I'm not saying he is blameless, but the blame doesn't fall solely on him. I still don't think the blame falls solely on the shoulders of Carson Wentz, but I think he shoulders a lot more of it after yesterday. So thanks for making me look stupid as fuck, 11. You know, Jalen Hurts is finding his way in now, which is just, God damn it. If, if, if things aren't flowing well offensively and you're down, why are you going to play with 10 people? Why? Oh, you got you to gotta account for Jalen Hurts was the broadcast. Do you, though? Do you? Like, if you, if you split him out and line him up outside, is he really, like, and he's not even really going to run around, he's just going to fucking stand there? What's he doing? You know, this this whole Taysom Hill shit, man, can go to hell. I, I We got that tonight in Monday Night Football, the Saints and the, uh, and the Raiders. You know, the Raiders get to open up their empty stadium in front of nobody tonight on Monday Night Football. Yay, Raiders. But... Like what? You're playing with ten guys, and there's a reason I think Jalen Hurts did dress yesterday, and Sudfeld was inactive. Okay, that was not lost on me, nor should it be you. I think that if you're Carson Wentz, again going into yesterday, the entire narrative was: Is Aaron Donald going to kill you? That was that was in Aaron Donald. There were some pressures. But Aaron Donald had a relatively quiet day for Aaron Donald. This is arguably the best defensive tackle of all fucking time. He was kind of, eh, I mean, he had a good game. Yeah, he's fine. But he didn't have the game Chase Young did in week one against us or Ryan Kerrigan or John Bostic even. So there was not the excuse of Carson playing for his life necessarily because it wasn't exactly what it was in week one now there were some times where Carson Wentz would throw the ball away yesterday that was nice to see that was nice to see there was a third down early on when I believe the score was 21 to 13 and he throws the ball away in the red zone I think it was like a 33 yarder from Jake Elliott to make it 21 to 16 before the half I think and Carson killed the play he killed the play on a third and down to where now, okay, the, Peterson has a choice, go for it on fourth down or bring Jake Elliott out to kick the field goal and take three points and make it, you know, a closer game, which is what Peterson opted to do, and we got 21-16, to 16, and that was as close as it ever got from there going forward. That was the score at halftime. You know, okay, let, let's, you know, let's, let's hope the defense stops the Rams here coming out, you know, halftime in the second half, and they did. You know, play calling was nice on that first drive of the second half. And Wentz throws a pick intended for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, which would have been a touchdown. But he throws a pick in the, in, the, in the end zone because, you know, fucking why not? At this point, think about this. Carson Wentz last year played all 16 games. Some of you may forget that because he got injured against, you know, the Seahawks, which Davy and Clowney in the playoffs, but he played every regular season game. He started all 16 only seven picks last year, all of last year, the entire regular season. We're up to four already in two weeks. That's not good. That's not good. Now, 
<clears throat> understand Carson's M.O., and this is, this is a blessing and a curse. His M.O. was always he tries to force shit. He's got a little bit of Brett Favre in him in that he doesn't want to quit on a play, and I'm a huge Brett Favre guy. But he would win you games that nobody else could win you, and he would lose you games that he should also have won. And, again, Carson is not the entire reason we lost yesterday, but the blame, if we were doing a pie chart of blame, I don't know why I went to pie chart. Shout out to Key Lime, my favorite pie. Hot take, let me know your favorite pie at Grease Pole Podcast. I'm a fat kid. I love talking pie. Um, His share of the blame pie is bigger than it was in week one, unequivocally. And he tries to force shit. He tries to keep every play alive. He doesn't want to quit on a play, which you got to admire. But at times, you have to know when to. And again, there were a couple times yesterday, but there was also times yesterday where he's throwing across his fucking body, just fundamental shit that, man, I coached 11 to 13-year-olds, and and it that's something I emphasize to them. Don't throw fundamentals. Now, Pat Mahomes can do that and get away with it because he's not fucking human. But if, if you're Carson Wentz, you can't do that, especially when you're under the heat that you're under now. You know what I mean? Again, four picks in two games compared to seven all of last year. It, man, and then to come out and say the sky is not falling, like, okay, I guess you got to say those things in the media. But at what point – you're making $33 million a year if you're Carson Wentz. You have to give this team a chance to win. You have to. Now, again – there's the injuries, man. We we all know them at this point. Does it really even need to be mentioned? Maybe as a disclaimer, I'll give you that. So there is a lot of injuries. But at the same time, there were last year, too. And that was one of the bullet points I used to defend him the most. Yo, look at what this motherfucker did when he had just human packing peanuts out there as wide receivers. Look what he did. 4,000-plus passing yards, not a single receiver over 500 yards. You know the deal. And look what he still did. Now, it's different when you have injuries at receiver and injuries on the offensive line. No quarterback is shit without an offensive line. But, again, yesterday there was not the amount of pressure on Carson Wentz that there was against Washington on week one. So what's the excuse? You cannot have the fundamental breakdowns and the fundamental mistakes that – that Carson did yesterday again that just the poor the throwing across the body and shit like that you cannot thrown into double coverage on the Arcega white side intended pass that was a pick you can't do it and I'll credit Doug Peterson with this because the play calling with him is always fucking goofy always but he stuck with Miles Sanders yesterday for way longer than I expected and yet you see the impact that 26 has on this offense, even without a healthy offensive line completely, without an all-pro guard in Brandon Brooks. Isaac Samalu at left guard went down at one point. You know, you had Matt Pryor in there with Nate Herbig. Jack Driscoll made an appearance again at the end of the game. This is not an ideal line. I get that. But, again, when you, credit Peterson for that. 
He stuck with Miles Sanders a hell of a lot more than I would have expected him to. This is a guy who normally is pass-happy as fuck because I don't know if he has, like, a, a complex because he's a backup quarterback his entire career. I don't know. And he just wants to throw, throw, throw it all over the field. And I get it's a passing league. But you got to run the ball. You have to establish the run. You have to. And I was pleasantly surprised to see Doug Peterson stick with the run yesterday as much as he did. And, again, you see what Miles Sanders can do. Almost 100 yards. He got a touchdown. Hell of a player. He has every, every, every bit the talent to be a top 10 running back in this league. By any metric. Fantasy. All-purpose yards, whatever, if you use him. He can't be shit if you don't give him a ball. Bottom line. Bottom line, that's any player. So, I look at yesterday, and I it, it worries me about what's to come because I've, I've planted my flag right next to number 11, and I will continue to stand there for now. But it's going to get to a point where it's just, it's not enough anymore. It cannot, we can't keep going down this road all year long. And there is a reason why the 53rd overall pick, a high, you know, a high, 53rd overall pick, second round in the draft, was spent on another quarterback when you're paying the one you have now, $33 million. Maybe, I, I, I don't know. Do we see Jalen Hurts at some point? We probably do. We probably do. If this continues at some point, this schedule doesn't get any easier. You know, and and we know how weird Doug can get. You're going to start eventually. I, you got to throw everything against the wall and see what sticks at some point. And if Jalen Hurts is part of that equation, well, God damn it. it I may not like it, but, man, you got to see what you got. If you drafted a guy that high – if it if if Wentz allows that to happen now, again his play can dictate all of that. If he continues to look like shit, we're going to see number two out there. It's inevitable. If he comes out there and he plays like himself in 2017, that we all fell in love with, and that I think he still can be. I hope. Then Jalen Hurts is irrelevant. But it's going to get to a point where you can't keep going down this road. Like we said, having Eagles fans having something in common with Bill Belichick. We're on to Cincinnati. We're on to Cincinnati. And I'll tell you, man, a lot of people might see the Bengals on the schedule and go, okay, that should, man, okay, this is a get-right game. If we can come out, we got the Bengals, we should be able to torch them. Let's get right. I'm telling you right now, this Bengals team is not a fucking slouch. The Cincinnati Bengals are clicking more offensively right now than this Eagles team are, and it's not even close. It's not even close. Burrow struggled a little bit in that first game against the Chargers. Again, rookie quarterback, first start, goofy training camp situation, no preseason. But... At the end of that Chargers game, he got him in position to win. He went 7 for 10 for 60, 70, 60 yards, I believe it was, on the final drive to give beer belly ass Randy Bullock a chance to send that game to overtime. He failed, faked the cramp in my opinion. There it is. But he came out against Cleveland on Thursday night. I mean, him throwing for 62 times is fucking egregious, but 
over 300 yards. He looked good, couple touchdowns. You know, he's got a quick release, nice accuracy. You love what you see out of Burrow. Commands the huddle, telling guys where to line up. You, I, I love watching Joe Burrow play. He's one of my favorite players in the NFL already. I loved watching him in college last year and the year before. I love his game. And this is a team that allowed 37 of the Rams yesterday. And it's not to say that the Rams don't have talent on offense because they do. Sean McVay is one of the best minds in the business. But Zach Taylor is part of the Sean McVay tree, if you will. And now he's bringing Joe Burrow and company to Philly next week. And I got to tell you, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough. Historically, uh, it, 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 it it's not good for the Birds against the Bengals. These teams have met 13 times previously. The Eagles record is 3-9-1 in 13 games against the Bengals. Now, I, I just wanted to mention that. That's one of those things I always kind of laugh at because obviously teams change over the years. Like it does, I don't think there's like a fucking curse with the Eagles against the Bengals. You play each other once every four years. It is what it is. It's such a crapshoot. But I did find it worth mentioning. Um, the Eagles are six-and-a-half-point favorites going into this game, at least early on. I, I have no idea how. I don't know what Vegas sees there. Again, to me, <clears throat> you know, especially in a, in a year where there's no fans in a lot of places, the link isn't the home field advantage it normally is with nobody there, you know. There's, <laughs> they're still going to pipe in booze to Carson Wentz, but, you know, that's because, you know, it's the link. And – he deserved to get booed, but I'm telling you, there is not. This is not a lock for the Birds to win this game. It's not. I would not be surprised at all if we're looking at 0 and 3. And then the following week, she got you know San Francisco, Baltimore. Like this shit does not get any easier. You very easily be looking at 1 and 4, 0 and 4, 0 and 5. I hope not. And if it gets to that point, we're having the Jalen Hurts conversation. Because Doug Peterson is not going to sit back. I can tell you right now, Doug Peterson knows from being a quarterback, being a player in this market, and being a coach here before that Super Bowl a couple years ago, as great as it was, is not going to guarantee him a decade of employment with this team. It's not. And Jeff Laurie is very patient, very patient owner. But, man, if this thing implodes, somebody's got to be the scapegoat. And it's going to be either him or Carson. It's going to be either him or Carson. Now, again, I'm not completely hitting the panic button yet. I'm still a believer in Carson, but he made it. God damn, he made it hard on me yesterday. And I'm not feeling great about it going into this week. Again, they've got they've got pass rushers in Cincinnati, too, that can get after you. Sam Hubbard. Carlos Dunlap. They've got guys along that. You know, Carl Lawson, solid for a linebacker. Geno Atkins, if he's healthy, has been an all-pro, Pro Pro Bowl caliber player. I mean, this is a defensive front that, you know, can make some noise as well. Now, the secondary is not great, so if you can keep that defensive front off of Carson, you know, hopefully he'll be able to deal a little bit. But, again, it starts in the trenches, man. That's where games are won and lost. Anybody that knows shit about football, that's where you win and lose games is up front. Bottom line. But at the same time, Whereas that was the case last week, you got to have a guy pulling the trigger that you can trust and that you know is going to make the right decision. Maybe not every time, but most of the time. 
and that has not been the case with Carson yet this year. And it's going to have to be on Sunday at 1 o'clock against Cincinnati Bengals if he doesn't want to get beat by a rookie quarterback. Bottom line, because all I'm saying is it's possible. I'm not making an official prediction yet, but I'm telling you, don't sleep on this Bengals team because they're clicking on offense already with Joe Burrow. They get they get that kid an offensive line. They get him, his Lane Johnson, and Jason Kelsey. Joe Burrow is going to be a he's going to be an all timer. Just my opinion, and he's got a chance to get his first win against us on Sunday. I hope to God it doesn't happen. Love the kid. I've always had a soft spot for the Bengals. It's you know, it's the in laws team. It's my wife's team. They're from that area, you know. But nothing against them. I hope their Sunday sucks this next week. You know. I'm not rooting for a hat trick, man, but it's it's going to be a tough one. Don't just see Cincinnati Bengals and assume, you know, the dumpster fire that's been there the last couple of years. What do you think about uh, yesterday's game and the matchup of uh, Cincinnati Bengals coming into town on Sunday? Give me your thoughts, as always, at Grease Pulp Podcast on Instagram. Uh, how long of a leash are you willing to give Carson before you put Jalen Hurts in there? All of it. Let me know. At Grease Pulp Podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. On Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well is where all the previous episodes are as well as this one. Um, Got a special episode coming up um, within a few days. Keep your eyes out for that. Again, follow along on Instagram at Grease Paul Podcast. That's where all announcements and things like that are posted. I will let you guys know as soon as possible. Um, Some scheduling things in the coming weeks. I'm closing on a house, hopefully, if all goes well, um, October 16th. So if you know, God willing, everything will stay on Monday, but I may need to call an audible once or twice. Hopefully not. Any updates, that's where it will be posted is at Grease Pole Podcast. So follow along there. Um, get me to 300 followers so I can feel slightly better about my life. And uh, subscribe, rate, and review. Five stars, one star, whatever you think it deserves. All of them are out there on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so get with me there. And, uh, yeah, hopefully – Hopefully the next time we talk or the second to next time we talk, you know, this team will actually have something in the win column. God, I hope my liver could use it because it's about to tap out. Uh, And I am too for this episode. So I will see you next time um, this weekend for episode 22. It should be a good one. Stay tuned for details on that. Follow along at Grease Pole Podcast. I will see you then. Win or lose, as always, fucking go birds. Yo, how'd Barkley put it? (laughs) Looking like another Grease Pole night in Philly. 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 Philly.